I got a got a big butt. It's gigantic. If I'm gonna be blunt about it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before you before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But I'm gonna expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But I gotta tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest butt can make me think, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading His Word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden a big giant butt gets in the way. A butt, much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I gotta check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are, ugly, ugly butts. Okay, and there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group is the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself? But I'm not happy. But that's not my gift. That's the pastor job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friend. But, 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 but. Here a but, there a but. Everywhere. A butt butt, okay? And, and, and the most overused butt of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on, we have a lot of butts. God has given us a real simple word, okay? If we learn it, and we share it, and we teach it, and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt, okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a Slim Jim. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it if we start today, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. So I'm sure you can guess what the title of today's message is. Well, a whole lot of butts. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Or shrinking the butts. A whole lot of butts. I think I like that one better. Gosh, now I don't know. Junk and there's a lot of junk in the trunk. Where were you guys a couple days ago? All right. It's time to shrink the butts. But our Big butts get in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus, don't they? So how can we shrink the butts? It's all about the why behind the butt, as he alluded to in the video. Why? 
Either God is glorified through my life or he isn't. I'm either drawing people closer to God through my lifestyle and choices or I'm drawing them away from God. That's the why. If we learn to live an uncompromising life, God gets glorified, people will be drawn to God, and we get blessed. But if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt is too big and it's time to shrink those butts. I want to talk to you today about compromise. I believe that's one of the greatest, I want to say, not, well, that's the greatest reason for us growing these big butts. I have to be careful how I say things, but compromise. It's like the sugar in our spiritual life. It goes straight to the hips. It goes straight to the butts. Compromise. I really believe that, in our enem- that compromise is our enemy's greatest arsenal. In all his weapons, compromise is it. Because it always starts with something little. I mean, ladies, let's, let's face it. You know, we didn't put on a lot of weight because we just ate one cookie in our lifetime. But it always starts with just one cookie. Or, or it starts with just an extra helping. Or not just ladies, how about guys? You know, you've got the Dunlap disease. You're just Dunlapped to your drawers, my grandma used to say. But it didn't happen overnight. It was little choices by little choices. So turn with me over to Psalms chapter 119. I want us to just focus on compromise for the next few minutes and the results of it. Psalms 119. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to read them to you out of the New Living Translation. And again, I'm sorry that the Internet in the neighborhood is down right now, so if you came prepared to use your U version, grab the Bible in front of you. It's that white-looking, blue-looking, oh, now it's wor- he's saying now it's working, okay. Or maybe that's right, you can use 3G, you don't always have to use Wi-Fi, right? Okay, that's all right. So, uh... But there are those hard paper things, kind of like my messages today. Um, Let's look at verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. So today's main point, compromise creates big butts that get in the way of serving God wholeheartedly. Compromise, I looked up the definition to compromise, and it means to accept a standard which is lower than desirable. To expose or make liable to danger, suspicion, or disrepute. If we break up the word compromise, com being the prefix, and promise, com means with, a promise. Compromise comes with a promise, and it's not a good one. As a matter of fact, if we look over in Revelations chapter 3, where Jesus 
spoke to the church of Laodicea, what did he say when they started compromising? They weren't hot. They weren't cold. They were lukewarm. And he said down in verse 15, he said, I know all the things you do. Ouch. As a matter of fact, he knows all the things you're thinking. He knows all the motives of your heart. He knows more of you than you could ever think to know of yourself. And he said, I know all the things you do. And I know that you are neither hot nor cold. Man, I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I am going to spit you out of my mouth. That's the promise that comes with compromise. Starts a little, a little, a little, to bigger, to bigger, to bigger. It's the proverbial frog in the pot. You heard it said that you, if you try to stick a frog in a hot boiling water, he won't stay there. He will fight. But if you put him in the warm water, the cold water, and you slowly turn the heat up, he will not jump out. He doesn't understand that he's being cooked alive because it's a little at a time. That's how our life is. If we let in a little compromise, it goes a little bit farther and a little bit farther. Matthew Henry's comments on this verse says, Lukewarmness or indifference in religion is the worst temper in the world. If religion is a real thing, it is the most excellent thing. And therefore, we should be uncompromising in it. If it is not a real thing, it is the vilest imposture, and we should be uncompromising against it. If God is worth anything, he is worth everything. And indifference here is inexcusable. God expects that men should declare themselves wholehearted for him or wholehearted against him. There's no in-between. Even the wise King Solomon, he fell victim to the same temptation that the rest of us often face. To compromise in what we think are these small little gray areas. Now let's just talk about King Solomon for a minute. He was the wisest, and the Bible even says, will be forever the wisest king to ever live. And yet, at the end of his life, God had warned him, don't take too many wives, because if you do, they're going to draw your heart away from me. But he thought, oh, just one more wife. Then he thought, oh, just one more wife. Oh, yep, God, I still love you, but just one more wife. And toward the end of his life, it actually records that his wives, what do you know, God was right, drew his heart away from God. And the next thing he's doing, he's, he's bowing down before these other gods. He's worshiping at these other shrines. He's setting up monuments to these other gods. And as a matter of fact, it even records that he started passing his own children through the fire. That was what one of those gods required. King Solomon let his heart be drawn away from God little at a time. And even toward the end of his life, the wisest king that will ever live recorded some of the most confusing comments 
And what is life really worth? Well, when you let compromise in, you start questioning what is it for. Because your big butts start taking precedent over God's laws and God's commands. And now there's confusion. Now you don't understand. What's it all for? Why was I even doing this in the first place? What's a man's life really worth, he said. Few breaths, and then we died. Compromise comes in like a thief. Now think about it. A thief is sneaky. He don't come ringing your doorbell. Let me in. I'm going to rob you. That's what compromise does. It's sin with a mask and a cloak sneaking around your house, peeking in your windows, and waiting for you to fall asleep. Then he'll come in. The danger in such reasoning is that small compromises weaken character over time they will lead to major sins. Just as we can grow in character little by little, so we can backslide in the same manner, little by little. Over and over again in the Bible, you'll hear it said that a little yeast will ruin the whole batch. Think about it. Brian Mason and I were sitting, was sitting down at the cafe talking about the same thing. What, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would you have ever imagined seeing two men kissing on TV? Never. As a matter of fact, 15, 10, 15 years ago, would you ever imagined Victoria's Secrets being revealed in public on commercials? No. It's like, keep it a secret, woman, go back. Close the door. Put some clothes on, Ethel. What else? I remember, I lived in Traverse City, and I remembered these hippie-looking guys, and I used to smoke pot back in my days when I was not living for the Lord, and I remember these hippie-looking guys coming with these petitions around. It was cherry festival time, wanting everybody to sign these. We're going to legalize marijuana. I said, you have got to be kidding me. No, you're not. There's no way. What are you talking about? What, you're going to legalize cocaine, too? Well, it's medicinal purposes. I, can, I said, I'm telling you right now, buddy, you're not smoking that for no medicinal purposes. You can't fool me. I used to smoke it. The only thing it does is everything you don't want it to do later in life when you wish you had those brain cells back. So there's, I'm sorry, maybe Tylenol, maybe Aleve, maybe some, I haven't seen where there's studies where that will kill your brain cells, so I'll go to those for medicinal purposes if, you know, prayer number one. But I remember them asking me to sign that petition. I thought, there is no way they're legalizing me. And I thought he was a, you're, no way. And now it is. I would have never guessed in a million years legalizing marijuana. I'd have never thought back when I was raising my two oldest that the kids today would act the way they do that they would be so disrespectful that a teacher in our own public school has no voice to tell the kids to sit down and behave. It breaks my heart to see parents bowing down to their children so that their children can tell them what they will and will not do. It breaks my heart to think that just 20 years ago, strangers would have come up taking your kids and showed you how to spank their butts. 
how to make them listen to you. And nowadays, people are too scared to make their kids behave. And now their kids, kids with no conscience yet, with no thought, they can't even, studies say that in a man's or a woman's brain, I, I know it's later for men than it is for women, but in a man's brain, they can't even, their brain is not even developed enough to know consequences until they're 27 years old. Now, women, I think it's 23. It's a little bit. We, we developed that a little bit earlier. But 27 years old, they can't even physically comprehend consequences yet. But they want to tell us what to do. We want to let them rule. I almost thought, it was a good thing until I remembered the statistic I just heard in the news yesterday that an 18-year-old was elected mayor in his city. I thought, he can't even mentally handle consequences yet, but we're going to put him in charge of a city. I, I just... what? Uh, but it's little... By little. And then we become a little numb to it. And then it's okay. If, if that's okay, well, then we can do this. So if a, if a guy kisses another guy on TV long enough, it's like, eh, that's okay now. Oh, yeah, they do that. It's okay. That's all right. Well, next thing you know, here on a commercial, have you noticed they like throwing those things on commercials? So you don't even have to be watching the TV show. They throw it on the commercials. There's two men in bed. But see, you see that enough, and it's like, oh, well, well, it's not that bad. But little by little, that's what compromise does. It numbs you. Now, compromise won't walk right up to you, like I said about the thief, and say, you know what? You're a, a good married man, loves your wife with all your heart. Here's a woman right here that will sleep with you today. Go ahead and go have sex with her. No. Compromise, again, comes little by little. It's okay. Oh, I'll just meet this. I'm going to meet this lady for coffee. It's okay. I can meet her for coffee. She wants to talk. She's a coworker. It's okay. I'll tell my wife I'm going to meet her for And I'll meet her for coffee. And next thing you know, she's texting me. And next thing you know, we're going out for dinner. And oh, because I'm just helping her with her problems. And then that's okay. Now I'm just going to stay. Oh, she wants to have one drink. I'm going to have one drink with her. Little by little, it starts little by little. Come a little numb to that, so you go a little bit farther. Small compromises weaken character, which will, over time, lead to those big sins. There are so many things that are not optional in our life, like work and school. But I want to talk to you for a second about your Christian disciplines. They should be in that category with work and school, not optional. So reading the Bible, going to church, praying should be based not on your feelings. They should not be optional. Let me talk to you a second. It's because you're building a standard against compromise. But when you let your guard down and start placing those biblical Christian disciplines over into the it's optional category, 
then everything else starts to shift. And little by little, a little compromise here, a little compromise there, a little yeast will ruin the whole batch. Think of it this way. Have you ever heard this said or have you ever said? Somebody asks you, so are you going to church tomorrow? Well, it's supposed to be nice out. Look around. Well, it's supposed to be nice out and I have work to do outside, so I think I just might skip. Someone asks you, so are you coming to church tomorrow? Well, we stayed out kind of late watching the football game tonight. I think the family just needs to sleep in tomorrow. Somebody asks, so um, how's your Bible reading doing lately? Well, work has kept me kind of busy, and so I'm really tired by the time I get home. I just like to sit and relax, and most of the time I just don't feel like reading the Bible. Or what about this? We are handing out free ice cream coupons at the Memorial Day Parade. Are you going to come help? Oh, my family just needs some alone time this weekend. So with this long weekend ahead, asking for an hour or two on Monday is really just asking too much, don't you think? Craig Rochelle said it this way. If you often overrule church for something else, but you never overrule something else for going to church, you are sending a very clear message of what is most important to you. As a matter of fact, uh, okay, us. Well, I encourage you, if you have small children or children in the house, to listen to Craig Rochelle's message from last Sunday. He's in a series right now called um, Outlasters. And he specifically did a message on raising up the next generation. And that was one of his comments that he made, that too often people overrule church for other things, but they never overrule other things for church. And what kind of message does that send to your kids? What kind of message does that send to your coworkers, your friends, your family around you that is watching you? Because they are watching so why didn't you go to church today? Oh, I just wanted to hang out outside. Oh, okay. Must not be that important. Remember, today's main point is compromise creates big butts that get in the way of serving God wholeheartedly. It's time to stop the process of compromise in the beginning. That's the best place to stop it. When the situation and the poles are still small and simple, it is the little compromises, the ones we think are so meaningless, that grow into full-blown sin, blown sin. Let me just stop a second. That's why I often get asked, Brenda, why don't you drink this? Whatever this is is bugging me. I've got to pick this up. Um, why don't you drink? I said, why do I want to? Well, it's only one little sip. I said, then where does it go? Well, another little sip. Yeah, I said, okay then. <laughs> All right, that's where it's going to go. If it goes with one little sip, it's going to go with another little sip. If one glass is okay, then it's going to become two glasses are okay. Because that's how compromise works. Same with the TV shows. Same with the, the uh, priorities. If it's not important, it's not going to be important tomorrow. So nip it in the bud, my grandma used to say. And the enduring consequences of compromise will never have a chance to bloom. See, the scriptures in James chapter 1 talks about that temptation is from, comes from our own desires. 
which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, when compromise is allowed in, it will give birth to death. You've heard the old saying, sin always takes you farther than you wanted to go, keeps you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will always cost you more than you are willing to pay. Compromise. Well, it's time to shrink the butts. So how can we shrink the butts? I said it earlier, it's all about the whys behind the butt. The reason, the why I choose to live an uncompromising life for God, either my life is going to give glory to God, or it's not. That's a pretty big why. Either I'm drawing people to God, or I'm drawing them away from God. Here's three tips for living an uncompromising life. And we are actually going to be done a little early today. Three tips for living an uncompromising life. Number one, let the Holy Spirit guide every part of your lives. We've been talking about this on Wednesday night. He is always talking, always leading, always trying to tell you which way to go. You need to slow down and listen. Well, Brenda, I'm late for... I'm late for fine, then in your mind. I'm not telling you to stop, pull over, and I mean, when you can, do it. But if you can't, pause in your mind. God, is there a reason I'm here? Is there a reason this is happening? What's going on? I mean, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's something big. I know that just a couple days ago, I ran down to the Dollar Tree to pick up some things for an order I'm doing and jumped out of my blazer and ran inside. I wasn't even in there five minutes. Came back out, and as I'm walking out to my vehicle, I'm noticing, wow, that is a big Suburban parked right beside my blazer. I'm thinking, it like shrunk the size of my, I mean, it was a huge Suburban. And as I got close, I stood there, and I am not kidding you. I don't know how they got that close to my vehicle, but there couldn't have been more than four inches between my driver's side door of my vehicle and their passenger side of their vehicle. So I stood there in the parking lot looking at my vehicle, thinking even if I sucked it in as much as I could and squeezed in there, by the time I opened my door, there was two inches. And there's no way this body's squeezing in two inches. So then I backed back out of there again, and I looked at the, and I looked around, and I, and I started to laugh. And I thought, is there, okay, God, you have purposely put me here for a reason. I can't go anywhere right now for some reason. So I kept looking around and saying, really? Thinking maybe the person's close. Really? And I walked around the vehicles. I'm looking at people walking through the parking lot thinking, okay, God, is there somebody, some reason why this is happening to me? Well, I waited for about five minutes and nothing happened, so I thought, okay, God, you just want me to crawl through my passenger door. So I opened up my passenger door, crawled in, and, and left. And so I'm, I had to laugh. I'm thinking, I, I don't know, maybe I missed it. Maybe I should have walked around the parking lot a little bit longer. I didn't know. But sometimes things just happen. Friday night, Cassie and I, the two boys, I picked up Elena and Lansing, my grandbaby. We're flying down the highway, got up 
close to 94 where we usually swing around, jump on 94 and come over here to the next exit there. And as I was coming up, I'm talking to, yeah, I'm talking to my husband on the phone, telling him where I was. And I saw a big motorhome pulled over flashers on. And they were in, you know, how the highway splits, how there's this one that keeps going straight to cold water. Then there's this one where you can go around on 94 or the other one where you go that way. Well, I was in the middle one. And all of a sudden, I yelled to Brian because I saw a woman walking in front of the motorhome because I, I still hadn't passed her yet with her big old purse. She slung it over her shoulder and started walking away from the motorhome. So I yelled at Brian on the phone quickly. I said, I got to go. I'm picking somebody up. And I threw the phone down, slammed on the brake, turned, you know, pulled over. And sure enough, this woman had to have been my age, maybe a little older started walking and so I rolled down my window I said what are you doing she goes I don't know my motor home and where's the closest gas station I said oh honey you got another mile two miles is the closest one I would have to say I said but you are not worth walking it was what seven o'clock maybe eight o'clock it was starting to get dark I said come on get in here and so she had to cross the, the median she was grateful and she had to I had stopped and shopped for the grandbaby so I had a bunch of stuff and she held the stuff on her lap but we took her up to the gas station I said what are you going to do when you get to the gas station well I'll buy gas cans and I'll walk them back I said no you're not walking back we'll drive you back again and she was so thankful and we talked to her and shared with her what we do here at the church and uh, gave her a business card and if you're ever going through the area or if you go back to your motorhome and something happens and you need help just call and she was in tears by the time we got back to the motorhome she goes well I don't even know if she was a believer or not she didn't mention she was um, she goes well I don't know much about you two but I know God sent me two angels named Cassie and Brenda to help me take care of this because she had four boys in her motorhome with her that she said she had to just lock them in there and was going for a walk and I told her, I was trying not to act like a mama since she was my age, but putting the big old purse on your shoulder walking down the highway is not a good thing, especially when it's getting dark. And not that we have a bad neighborhood, but there's bad people in the world. So I told her, you're right, God did send you two people. And, you know, call me if you ever need anything. And so be careful that wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, God is always trying to lead you. The Holy Spirit's always trying to guide you. And run you into, not run you into, not run into, but have these people cross your path that you can give glory to him through things, little things that you can do. Remember, we talked about this Wednesday night. If those people walk away, if she walked away and said, Cassie and Brenda are great people, I would have done nothing. But because she knew that God sent, that God sent, her two people that now I left glorifying God so number one how to live an uncompromising life let the Holy Spirit guide you in every part of your life so let's look over at Galatians 5 a great study is to just study through Galatians even if you only focus on chapter 5 would be a great study. Let's just look at verses, starting at verse 16 here. Galatians 5, 
says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Right there it is. And if I, that was the only thing I read to you was that one verse. That's it. To live an uncompromising life, let the Holy Spirit guide you. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I tell my kids that all the time. I raised up six kids, still raising two in the household. But when they ask, people ask me over the years, you know, what are your rules of the household? I said, there are no rules in our household. The only rule is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. and Everything else takes care of itself. There are no laws when there's love present. When they can fall in love, when we can fall in love with God, you don't need any other laws. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, and it gives all these the fruit of the Spirit is, and it gives all of these. Against such things there is no law. There he said it again in verse 23. 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What is that telling you right there? He wants to walk with you. He is walking with you. Keep in step with him. Ask him, where are we going today? Get excited over it. What are we going to do today? What would you have me, who would you have me talk to today? Let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. Think about it. Walk in the Spirit. So number one, let the Holy Spirit guide every part of your lives. If we let the Spirit direct us, we will not settle for anything less. Number two, hide God's word in your heart. This was one of the first verses I memorized was in Psalms 119, 11. It says, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. If you hide God's word in your heart, those things the Holy Spirit will quickly bring to your memory. And you'll think, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Oh, God's word says this. I remember I've walked away from conversations where somebody's just pulled a, a, a scriptures out of me and I walk away thinking, I didn't even know I knew that. But if you're constantly just putting God's word in, he will make sure to pull it out. Studying God's word will keep us from sinning. And number three, make up your mind to follow Christ wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. We read part of this scripture earlier. Let's turn over there. Again, we're looking at Psalms 119. Oh, dear Lord, she's getting upset. Psalm 119. Let's look at the first eight verses of that scripture that we read earlier. It says, Bless are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. 
Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. And then it goes on, which we read earlier. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word, because I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. And there it is, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you follow Jesus wholeheartedly, we will live a joyful life we are not ashamed of in light of his commands. Remember, today's main point was compromise creates what? Big butts that get in the way of serving God wholeheartedly. So let me just close by asking a couple questions. Have you found yourself compromising in your Christian walk? Do you find yourself overruling your Christian disciplines as something that's optional when it shouldn't be? Are your whys bigger than your butts, or are your butts bigger than your whys? Father, I just want to thank you. God, for your word is so crystal clear to us. By your spirit, you reveal things to us in your word that just make it simple for us to just practically walk out. And God, I ask that right now, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but God, we would walk out your word. We would be the living epistles that you have called us to be. And as your word says, that we would be read by other men, that other people could actually read your word upon our lives because of the way we live, the choices that we make, that we love you with our whole heart. We live for you wholeheartedly without compromise. God, we just ask right now that you continue to hide your word in our heart. Continue, God, to help us to follow hard after you, to live according to your spirit, God, that we will keep in step with your spirit, always be listening for you, leading and guiding and directing us. God, help us to minimize our butts and make the why for why we live for you the most important thing in our life. God, we just give you our whole heart right now. Have your way in our lives, God. Help us to truly comprehend how involved you are in our lives that you're not just involved on Sunday with us or Wednesday night, but in every waking moment. God, I even can see you perched on the edge of the seat, laying, sitting right beside our bed as we wake up in the morning saying, oh, I have good plans for you today. Just waiting for you to wake up. God, you're so excited to be a part of our life. God, help us to be that excited about you being a part of our life. Have your way. And God, we truly, with honest hearts, ask that you be glorified in everything we say, everything we think, everything we do, God. We live to glorify you. If that's you today and you've been compromising in any area and you've just noticed that your butts have become a little bit too big, 
that you right now just have some time with God. Spend some time alone with him and just talk it out and just just ask him to forgive you. God, that I've let some things slide, that I've made optional my church or my uh, Christian disciplines when they shouldn't have been optional. Whatever it is, just spend some time and talk to God right now, right there where you're sitting. Maybe you're listening to the podcast right now or listening online and you've been living a compromising life. Today's your day to just lay it down, to start fresh, start new. Seek God with your whole heart. Make up your mind to serve him with your whole heart. Dig deep into God's word and hide it in your heart and stay in step with the Spirit. He's got good plans for your life, for our life, for my life. Don't settle for anything less. Compromise will always rob you. Start taking back what the enemy's been stealing from you. God, again, I just give you everything right now. We ask that you just begin to just, just move, God, in the hearts of people listening. Lord, that you would have free reign to do like even a surgeon would do and cut those things away from our lives, our hearts, our thoughts, Lord, that are unproductive or even displeasing to you. God, whatever it is that's been drawing our heart away from you, cut it away. Your word says that you'll remove our stone-cold heart and you'll place within us a fresh new heart that beats hard after you. And we ask that you do that right now. Perform that operation tonight, right where we sit. Give us that heart that will follow hard after you, that we would always be able to glorify you in everything we do. We give it over to you in Jesus' name. Amen.